0: Yeah, good evening and welcome to the Big Red Bench It's Colm O'Sullivan with you Until 7 o'clock As we continue a very, very busy Weekend of sport So much going on across this weekend And we'll get to lots of it between now and 7 o'clock Including reaction to Cork's defeat To Limerick in the Munster Hurling Championship semi-final last night Cork beaten up in Semple Stadium We'll hear from Cork boss Kieran Kingston We'll also hear from Limerick boss John Kiley and we'll chat to Tom Kenny About the game as well. We're going to be talking about rugby a good win for the Lions in their opening game of their tour of South Africa yesterday Munster and Ireland legend Tommaso O'Leary will join us to chat all about the Lions tour in just a little while as well we'll also be looking ahead to the Cork footballers their championship owner opener next weekend Ian Maguire Mihol Martin and Matty Taylor will all join us all that and plenty more coming up between now and seven And I wasn't lying on the show yesterday when I said we had so much sport to get through and we had an absolutely packed show on the show yesterday and we have a very, very similarly packed show between now and 7 o'clock. It's Colm O'Sullivan with you and uh, we've loads to get through. Gaelic games, rugby and uh, plenty more as well. Uh, we will park the Euros for tonight um, after a great day of football in the Euros yesterday. Denmark into the semi-final, uh, well-deserved after the victory against Czech Republic and of course England very, very well-deserved. A commanding, strong performance. Performance from Gareth Southgate's side last night. 4-0 against the Ukraine. Uh, the two Harrys and uh, Jordan Henderson getting the goals. And uh, it was a good game to watch. England are impressive. England are very, very impressive. And do you know what? I think they could they could go on to win it uh, Italy will be the biggest threat to England I think at this stage and that will be my tip for the final Italy and England uh, but we'll see how England get on against Denmark that won't be easy either and of course Italy have Spain on Tuesday night as well but we won't be talking uh, much about the Euros on the show tonight but we will of course be talking about it again next weekend and uh, during the week here on Cork's Red FM as well but we'll round up some of today's sport that has been going on around the country and further afield as well and we'll start with a very very busy day of Gaelic games and Tipperary have beaten Clare on a scoreline of three twenty three to two twenty two in their Munster Senior Hurling Championship semi final at the Lit Gaelic Grounds up in Limerick this afternoon, uh, Michael Breen, Jason Ford, and Seamus Callinan got the goals for Liam Sheedy's side today, and they'll now face three in a row chasing Limerick in the final, which is actually going to be a repeat of the twenty nineteen decider. There, uh, Limerick obviously into the Munster final after beating Cork much to her annoyance last night up in um, Semple Stadium but I thought Cork played well from what I saw of the game kind of flicking between that and the England game at the Euros last night uh, Elsewhere Galway are back in the Connacht Senior Football Championship final that's after they beat Roscommon two eleven to 12 points at Dr Hyde Park this afternoon Paul Kelly and Maddie Tierney with the goals for the tribesmen there they'll face the winner of Mayo and Leitrim in the decider Elsewhere Westmeath they beat Leash on a scoreline of 320 to 110 in their Leinster Senior Football Championship final to book their place in the next round. Meath enjoyed an impressive uh, good scoreline 422 to 12 points win over Longford in Navan to book their place in the last four and elsewhere All-Ireland Senior Football Championships Dublin were in action this afternoon as well and Dublin uh, getting off to a winning start. Dublin beat Wexford 15 points to 7 at Wexford Park while Kildare led Offaly lead Offaly sorry 113 to 10 points currently in the second half in Port Leash. We'll keep an eye on that game for you throughout the show as well. And Armagh hammered. Antrim 4.15 to 14 points at the Athletic Grounds in the Ulster Senior Football Championship quarterfinal Golf the Irish Open on this weekend up in Mount Juliet it was nice to see 5,000 fans per day allowed into that and I saw a lot of uh friends of mine on their Instagram stories and a lot of people I know on their Instagram stories were up at the golf at various days across the weekend and it looked like great fun uh, maybe not so much today with the rain but uh, I don't know what it was like in Mount Julia today or otherwise but if it's anything like here it was a wet old one but some lovely days earlier on in the weekend for the golf and nice have crowds back even if it is small numbers at sporting events now and uh, at the Irish Open today was Australian Lucas Herbert who has won the Dubai Duty Free Irish Open he won it by three shots this afternoon he finished up on 19 under par at Mount Juliet. Shane Lowry was best of the Irish there on nine under par and he was in a tie for 23rd on the leaderboard with Cormac Sharvin, two shots further back on seven under. Graham McDowell finished on three under and Rory McIlroy was further back again, a shot shot back on two under. In Formula 1, Red Bull's Max Verstappen, he cruised to victory in the Austrian Grand Prix today. McLaren's Lando Norris took his fourth career podium, finishing in third, despite getting an early time penalty. Seven-time world champion Lewis Hamilton he came in fourth with his Mercedes teammate Valtteri Bottas I always think that's a great name Valtteri Bottas in second and uh, in tennis they've confirmed at Wimbledon uh, there will be full crowds on centre court and court one for the quarterfinals semifinals and finals of Wimbledon now why this is significant is that this will be the first time in the UK that any sporting event or any sporting arena will be at 100% capacity since before the pandemic remember that remember when life was normal before the pandemic and every sporting event to be packed well we haven't had it yet we've seen big crowds in in Wembley and so on and we'll see bigger crowds in Wembley now during the week for the semi-finals of the Euros you'll have 60,000 people but that's still not full capacity for Wembley um, so Wimbledon will be the first to have 100% capacity um, for the quarter-finals and semi-finals and final of Wimbledon over the next week or two and um Yeah, you'd hope that we're not too far behind here. Um, We had 8,000 at Croke Park yesterday, didn't we? And there was 2,500 in Temple Stadium. But... That sounds a bit ridiculous when it's a 50,000 uh, capacity stadium if they're having 100% capacity in the UK. So um hopefully we're not too far behind. And that is where we will go now to Semple Stadium and as I said a crowd of 2,400 to be precise was in the stadium last night for Cork and Limerick and unfortunately it was it was Limerick who were victorious last night. The final score in that Munster Hurling Championship semi-final was Cork 117, Limerick 222. Cork played very well and I thought the eight-point win probably kind of flattered Limerick a little bit. The Rebels led for much of the first half. Shane Kingston netting a goal. A penalty miss then from Patrick Horgan proved important though and two goals in injury time at the end of the first half was a cruel blow for the Rebels really. Cork were well in the game until late in the second half but then three unanswered points near the end of the match saw Limerick pull away and win by a flattering eight points. Uh, Next up now Cork will obviously go into the All-Ireland qualifiers in two weeks' time and it is the Munster final for Limerick. hear the reaction now uh, after the game of court boss Kieran Kingston
1: we were confident coming up here today I'll be honest about it uh, uh, we put a huge amount of work into this uh, players were confident and the group were confident and our camp were confident and uh, uh, we we're very very disappointed because uh, I felt the game that, that we, we could have won and even on the day you might look at the scoreline but I think our performance was really good at times, we dominated the game at times, but just didn't just didn't put it on the scoreboard. And you yeah. can't can miss one eighteen and have fifty percent conversion uh, in a, when you're playing a team like Limerick, all and the Munster and League National League champions, you just can't afford that and we just that killed us today. We had a great first step but the two goals just before half time. They were really killers. There. Yeah, they were sucker punches, we gotta see them back now again, to see what did we do wrong or what did they do right or was it uh, or a freeing error or whatever, I don't know what a nice thing it was because I haven't seen them. But um, they were soccer punches just before half-time, but I thought we regrouped well. Uh, like You give that kind of momentum to a team like Limerick and you're always going to be up, you know, up against it, but I thought our lads reacted very, very well. Got it back, I think, plus three points and made some elementary mistakes then when we got it back and the chances that we could have got it even got it even tighter and the lads we brought in made a big difference. I uh, thought we were going well coming down the stretch, but just couldn't put the ball over the bar. Sinbin, and obviously a big decision point in the game and a turning point for McCart point of you're losing 4 points too at that stage. Yeah, 10 look, t- yeah it's, it's, that's 10 minutes of the game and it's 4-2 yeah, but I don't think it was a deciding factor because like you could uh, you could pick different 10 minutes and we lost different periods of it. And just because that was a Simbin maybe might have uh, might, might, might come under scrutiny a little bit more but at that stage we had, I think Limerick up their game. Uh, we dominated I think the first water, first t- to the first water break uh again kept them in a really good freeze i think to a large degree uh put in the play really well second quarter and uh came out to fight in the second half right how we matched it we matched it in the main but as i say you you can't um you can't play a team like them we can have that kind of a conversion there
2: you can indicate to the qualifiers though and and by the teams have been knocked out today that's got to be a championship in itself
1: oh yeah i think the qualifiers like to be like to be a mini championship and that's look we knew that coming up here like as great teams going to be in the back door and, and, and there'll be great teams in the front door. And the, the hurling championship is going to be like that. And, and a condensed championship, which this is, every game is a championship. And I don't think that can be, like, we don't we didn't see this today as, a, as another opportunity game. We saw it as a game we wanted to win. And uh, that's the way we approached it. But unfortunately, it didn't work out that way.
3: Kieran, we disappointed that you couldn't create as many goal chances as you had been during the league. Or was- that always going to be the case against
1: a team ah, like Limerick? Absolutely, it was always going to be, the, yeah, I, I, 100%, and that was always going to be the case. Like, I mean, they have a fantastic defence, there. they have a very mean defence and we see that over the last number of years so we knew that coming up we weren't just going to be trying to, going to run the ball through them and we, I said this before to the last year in the league, there were some games you might target goals, others you might, and you've got to vary your play and if you're playing a team like Limerick they will, they will vary their play, they shoot from half-back line, they shoot from midfield, then they'll take it on from half-forward line, they'll vary and we have to do the same. You're not going to beat the best unless you have options like that.
4: And did, did you feel that
1: lessons were learned from the league game and the game Gallicons? Like that overall, it was a better performance, even though the scoreboard mightn't say that. Well, I suppose you'd be the best judges of that. Like you, you're sitting up high here, it's hard to judge it from the line. So you'd be the best. I'd probably read. I'd probably. Sorry, I won't be reading, but I'd probably hear or, or read what, uh, what 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 do you guys say about it? But I mean, I thought overall, oh, give it give it their all. But as I said earlier, you can't beat a team like Limerick, and uh, having a 50% conversion rate is just not possible.
4: And what will
1: it be like now to pick the lads up for the qualifiers ah look it, it, of course it won't, be, it won't be it won't be simple especially for the next couple of days but that's the game we're in that's why you play hurling that's why we're involved in management And that's the, that's the challenge uh, you've got to review it take the pain take what goes with it uh, and get back on the horse again on Tuesday night and, and focus on the next day that's just, that's the game we're in Preparations are hand here with a couple of injuries going into the game oh, as yeah, well ah yeah look, look we've a 36 man panel and, and uh, every team are going to have injuries and you, you only hear a percentage of them. You hear this film might be out or that film might be out. But every team, like if you're training like inter-county inter- teams train now, you're always going to have fellas going in with knocks and going in with injuries because it's not possible. You can't train one way, train and mind everyone. And then the day the game turn up and uh, they're all going to be going full on. You have to train that way if you want to play that way. So you're always going to have neagleton injuries and that's why you have a panel. And we trust the guys. We trust the 20 we can use every day and we trust the top six we have a training. So, I would never say we were missing anyone or a hamper because that would be disrespectful to the lads who, who are on the team or on the panel or, or, or with us today. If you were to take one positive from today. Our Asha was really good. We never give up. Uh, we fought to the bitter end. Like lads, we must realize we were up against a piece of serious team today. You know? And sometimes we might forget that. So I thought I thought we took to them from many parts of the game and dominate many parts of the game. Uh, and I not, look, I don't know what she thought of it like but I said my, where I was sitting but as I said you can't you can't um, Make the mistakes we made and and, and miss the scoring and
2: you qualify again, and, and you get a win. You know you're right back in the race again, as you said, like, And it would give this team a huge lift, and I think that's probably what got needs.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, we're a lot of young lads there today, and we've three guys making their debut, and we brought on guys making their debut. So we had a lot of a lot, lot of new fellas on there, and you see some fellas who played an All Ireland final coming up next week. Now two lads there to come in and have an All Ireland final under twenty coming up next week, and 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 they're both under twenty under twenty again in twenty twenty one. It's so all young young guys and, and guys made our debut. But uh, but I think we'll have a big say in the championship yet.
0: Hopefully Kieran Kingston is right and Cork do have a very, very big say in the championship yet uh, they go in, as we said to the all Ireland qualifiers in two weeks' time Well it is the Munster final for Limerick that was Cork boss Kieran Kingston there speaking to us after Cork's defeat up in Limerick or up in Semple Stadium last night to Limerick the final score there Limerick 222, Cork 117 and now we'll hear the reaction after the match of Limerick boss John
5: Kiley first of
4: all congratulations
5: on that back into the Munster final Yeah, thanks, yeah Happy with the performance it was very it was real championship fair you know um, real contrast to actually last just games you know the, the atmosphere I suppose was was uh, real and uh, the game ebbed and flowed we had periods where we were in ascendancy and they had their purple patches too you know during the game where they were causing us difficulties you know so overall very pleased. That
4: was probably due to the fans as well, I know
5: there was only 2,400 here, but they did make noise, John. Oh jeez yeah absolutely yeah, no, they added hugely to the occasion but listen the bottom line for us is getting through and um, I think coming into the game for us like it was, it was about trying to get a performance and at times you know we really found it. Um, but at other times then we, we just lacked a little bit of accuracy maybe you know but i think second half one key aspect was that you know we had five yellow cards coming into it we didn't take those guys off we trusted them to be disciplined in their tackling and they were and we didn't pick up another yellow in the second half which i think was a really telling factor we were very very disciplined in the second half in our tackling and that meant that we were able to track down these guys in their runs and turn them over on our own 21 or own 45 and counter attack where the space was then afterwards so uh, hats off to the lads in the second half I thought they did fantastically well and the boys off our bench made a huge impact I thought in the last 20 minutes as well
4: what about the referees performance today a few questionable decisions
5: my job isn't to assess the referees performance that's somebody else's it's, I don't know who they are but anyway listen Peter it is Peter but...
6: Casey's situation
5: Peter Casey? yeah do you
6: know when
5: he does um, I don't know I'd have to see it back I'd have to see it back uh, probably Conor Boylans was the one that maybe jumped out at me has yes. been maybe one that we thought might have gone the other way but listen it didn't so i'll have to look at it back i haven't seen it but all told listen it was a good tough tough battle lads and uh you know we're just delighted to get through
6: john you talk about these big championship moments Nicky Quaid's
7: save i think he went on to score two four to two points after that against cork uh, against them today is that a big momentum shifter yeah these are big
5: moments in games you know you trust these guys to pull off these these saves you know Patrick Horgan on a penalty like he's back him nine times out of out of of 10 or 99 times out of 100 you know but uh to be fair to Nicky you know he did his job and did it really well he picked up the spoil then as well and and distributed the ball well you know i think listen we we really battened the hatches there i think in particular last 20 minutes you know we turned over a load of ball in our defense that they had taken into it and you know we used it well and we created lots more scoring chances. Now, listen, we have a good wides total to go after as well. You know, we wouldn't be happy with our shooting overall. Um, and maybe from where we shot at times, but that's something for us to go back to next week and we go back to training ground.
7: A first time, I suppose you had a player in the sin bin when Peter Casey was away for the ten minutes. Is that something that you you think about ahead of the game tactically? Because you didn't seem to lose momentum, and even when he came on, he was ready for road, I think he was involved in the in the first goal, and it was like he was revitalised after coming on after the ten minutes. You
5: no, know, listen. To be fair to Paul Kinerk, he did organise while I was thinking about it. He did done, you know, and you know that's what he's really good at, and uh, he, he had it. He had literally started within a second. You know, he spotted it straight away. What needed to be done, and he got it done. So, um, you know, I think it's a great experience for us to have been actually through now as a team. You know, if it happens again, you know, we've had that experience, and you know, it mightn't have liked it at the time or wanted it at the time, but it didn't punish us, uh, which is a great testament to how hard the team worked during that period. And it's a, it's a, ref, a good reference point for us going forward uh, into the next. Series of matches. The
7: critics have maybe been saying that Limerick don't score enough goals. Those two just before half time really helped to to turn the game, and it's had two fantastic goals.
5: They were two great moves, and delighted with them. Uh, we've been working hard for many many uh, years on on, on our goal taking. Okay, sometimes they don't come about, but I think the boys worked the ball really well in those key last couple of passes in there in the in the in the final uh, third at that for those two moves they were very good moves and we finished them off really well and hats off to the lads you know to give them great confidence going forward. There
2: was two goals and give you the six point cushion and he held that right through the match uh, it, it, that was really important I think that was a real game changer as well as Nicky Quaid's say but you were able to you know just play your game in the second half with that cushion. Yeah
5: it didn't feel like a cushion Uh, To be fair, you know, it felt like a drawing game at many stages during that that second half and, you know, every single score was valuable at that stage and, you know, we kept creating scoring chances and we didn't allow the errors or the mishits or the drop shots to to affect us. We kept going after it. But at, at the same time, we have a huge amount to go back and work on, you know, because we wouldn't be altogether happy with all of that. That's
0: Limerick boss John Kiley giving his reaction to the Cork and Limerick game last night, and Limerick victorious two twenty two to one seventeen, and they march on to the Munster final. It's the uh, qualifiers for Cork. For more now on Cork's defeat to Limerick yesterday, Rory has been speaking to two Tom, two time All Ireland winner with the Rebels, Granaz Tom Kenny, Chetan to Limerick didn't play up to their usual
4: high standards in terms of you know what they get out of the game, but I'm saying that they still chopped up two twenty two. Um, I, I don't think Cork were overly poor. I think just their execution of what they probably weren't doing in training wasn't up to scratch, you know. it was like in the, I remember thinking the second wall break in the second half, saying, God, that's a pity because the chance was there for Cork to win the game. Yet, ten minutes later, when there was only four or five points in it, Cork could have actually, it was nearly there for them, you know. Limerick were hitting ball after ball wide. Um, but they never really just grasped the Cork, you know. I think they're from a management point of view I think they'd be more disappointed with the level of performance than the result as such because I think they need to start focusing on performances, you know.
2: Um, the big talking point, Tom, was, I suppose, Patrick Horgan's penalty miss in the first half and it felt to me like the Cork heads dropped a little bit after that and you could see the response from the Limerick players to that. They were pumped up and you could see the Cork heads drop. Is that something you felt?
4: Yeah, it definitely looked that way, Rory. You know, I suppose for such... Uh, Patrick Horgan for the standards he set over the over the last thirteen years or fourteen years, whatever it is, you know. I suppose when a player of his caliber has a penalty saved, he probably deflated the cock there a the small bit and then that has a bit of a bounce out of it. Any time, you know, a penalty is saved in any sport, it, it gives the team a bit of a bounce and it he, he kinda changed the game for a few minutes alright. If you know, if Cork had that penalty they would have been five points up, would have put a different spin in the game. Um, Limerick probably would have had to force the issue a small bit more in the first half, and chances are the half would have finished out differently than what it did. So between Cork missing the penalty and Limerick going down getting two goals, would not be a soft that you know it, it put a totally different complexion on the game. Especially for what Cork did in the first half, you know they 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 did a lot of things right and they got themselves into good, a good position, and it, it was just kind of taken away in, in the blink of an eye before half time.
2: And um, Patrick Horgan had an off day by his standards yesterday. No score from play, just five frees yesterday. Was it just a case that he was having a poor game, or had Limerick done their homework on him and kind of kept him out of the game? Uh, I I think
4: he was having, uh, by his standards, he was ha- he wasn't having a great game. And look for for over the last ten years, I, I was trying to think this morning when was the last time you could say Patrick Horgan played the game like that, and I couldn't remember a game. Mm. You know, so to be fair to him, we'd he, have to give him credit in that he's allowed an off day. Uh, Maybe the fact that he missed the penalty and he missed the free and he wasn't getting any ball from play, that he was was beginning to play in his mind. And I suppose, I don't know whether it was by design, through the pressure of the game, or whether it was a tactic going into the game, but a lot of the ball going into him was very high and very kind of um, defensive, you know, suiting the defenders. And he just couldn't get going at all. And normally or a free take if they can't get going you know you, you get a few frees you put them over get a penalty score the next thing you're in the game and the players need to kind of be mindful of you and, but it never got going for them and I think that that eventually kind of started to see through the rest of the team and you know, all this it, the level of performance and the execution just wasn't up there you know
2: I suppose Tom I mean like we talked about the penalty miss but I suppose the game really swung in that two minutes of time added on at the end of the first half and Limerick got those two goals all of a sudden you're going into the halftime break six points down and Kieran Kingston's the um, halftime speech is completely different at that point I mean like how big a factor were those two goals?
4: Oh huge like if Cork went in at halftime would be even just in, in the position of a draw um, you know it would have been a way more positive um, while the management probably kept the team top positive there would have been a sense of deflation after the two goals you know the first one was very unlucky for Sean O'Donnell who was a defender you're, you're bound to just natural reaction it's hurley to try and stop it you know um, and it's affected it's very over the way Patrick Collins I actually thought for Cork fell asleep in tracking Coyle Hayes' run for a second goal. But at the same time, I thought he, he, he did carry a few steps going around the challenge. I um, know he'd get away with it as a tackle, but it was a fantastic finish from his point of view. But I think Cork were unlucky in that he could have been blown for steps. Um, but he did put a damper on Cox's performance in the first half. And I suppose being Ireland champions in Limerick, you know, they' kind of first outing for our Ireland champions in that they weren't up to scratch, they weren't up to their usual self, but they were nearly an autopilot in the second half and just go I won't say going through the motions, but they kinda of knew subconsciously what they needed to do and they just got it done, you know.
2: It's a it's a young Cork team as well, I suppose, Tom, like your three newcomers yesterday and Jar Mellorick, Jack O'Connor, um Shane Barrett as well. So I mean like, there are positives for Cork it's supposed to take from the performance bleeding young fellas like that into the the senior setup.
4: Definitely, yeah. And look, Shane Barrett came on, Sean O'Leary Hayes came on, and Alan Connolly came on, and Jack O'Connor is going well as well. Jerome Mellor is on the team. Look, he's a new goalkeeper. You know, after acting Nash has been there for the last 10, 11 years. So from that point of view, it's great to see so many new faces coming into the And um, There's an under-20 final next weekend, you know, so more faces from that might come along. And as I said, I, I suppose Cork are going through, it's hard to say they're going through a period of transition in the sense that um, from an All Ireland perspective, we haven't been successful over the last number of years, but there is new players coming into the setup and it's nearly it's it's nearly at the point where you need to focus on the performance and that the result look after itself, and that being realistic, I suppose Cork are a long way from winning All Ireland when you look at the likes of Limerick yesterday and how much they've left in the tank. The any what-, what sort of game and. What, what a fantastic game that was! It's like Cork are probably a bit away from where they need to be, but, results wise But I think performance-wise, if they start focusing more on that, uh, it might it might aid them. You know, a year or two down the line, uh, I think it would probably be a disappointing feature for the management as well. It might be the um, amount of tackles and, and hooking and blocking again. I don't think there was too many in the game from a Cork perspective. And I know Donaghy really being involved with that would be a, a big part of his kind of coaching style. Mm-hmm that whole tackling and hooking and blocking you know even at the start of the game we probably gave away a couple of soft frees from poor tackling you know that instead of going in standing up the tackler and trying to win the ball you know we were kind of going in for the big hits and those kind of small things kind of can turn the game a lot I know they might in the first minute or two you might not think anything out of them but you know if you get a good decent tackle in there and this is player there or turn over the ball and he cleats that's been done correctly throughout the game and from that perspective, I think they
2: might be a bit disappointed, alright? I it's been 16 years now since Cork last won the All-Ireland. I mean, like, the pressure, I suppose, it's on the Cork team kind of grows every year. Do you reckon they feel that, or is it just something that we're going kind to of talk about as kind of pundits and fans? Um, I
4: suppose it is It is a lot of outside talk, look. Um, being there a number of years ago, inside the camp, you know, he you try to switch off and it, you try to just listen to what's been said inside but it's, it's hard to not listen to what's being said outside especially when it's you know when not being successful I suppose and um, I, I don't think it's pressure they put on themselves but it's just an external pressure you know from the lads who are going to work now and whatnot for the next few days and meeting people and hearing people talk and you know people will be saying stuff, we're not winning all Ireland and they need to do this and they need to do that and they might be listening to this and say what's and and all that kind of stuff and it's hard not to listen to it and it seeps in but I think that it has been a, a, a long spell for Cork Hurling they've been unlucky at times I know luck that puts you nowhere you know but in 2013 they are lucky not to win in Northern Ireland um, you think of their performances against Limerick in the championship I suppose they've, they've played Limerick four times over the last or five times maybe over the last number of years and I can not Limerick have two wins, Cork has a win or two and there's a draw, you know, so they haven't been that far away from Limerick. Um, they drew a game in Co-Park three years ago and arguably should have won it when we were six points up, but six minutes ago. Um And who's to say that Cork wouldn't progress in the trajectory that Limerick did, you know, so it, it is fine margins that the county, but I'd like to think, I suppose, that the players hear it, but hear it for the right reasons the outside mm-hmm. talk, you know.
2: Uh, qualifiers now for Cork in two weeks but no matter who Cork it looks like it's going to be a very very tough draw it is look you've,
4: you've Wexford in there you've Galway in there ourselves um, Leesha in there Antrim it is going to be a very very difficult draw and I suppose if that's the way you want it in the sense if you, even if you went through the front door and you, you still like to get a good game in the qualifiers ideally I suppose you, you get one of the lesser known teams Leesha or Antrim and, and build the performance to go to the next level but Arguably, you could get Galway as well, and it could be up in Pearce Stadium, know, that could be a very, very difficult game, but I suppose we can't lose sight of the fact that Cork are trying to bring through a few new players. There's another 20-year-old Ireland to be played. Um, I, I don't think we can judge the season on whether Cork won the Ireland or not. I think we need to judge it on whether we bring true players, whether we kind of bring up a performance. Like yesterday, I suppose Cork needed everything to go right for them, and for Limerick to have the off day that they had. Um But from here and in, you know... I suppose need to perform to a certain level and I hope that's good enough and if not, then we need to see what more needs to be done to get to a higher level. You know?
2: I know I know Limerick weren't at their very best yesterday, but um, will anyone catch them this year?
4: Um, I, I suppose based on the performance yesterday and what they left behind them in terms of scores, in terms of their normal efficiency, it's hard to see that people will, but that kind of unstructured play that King Kenny and Rexwood had yesterday can catch Limerick out, you know Limerick are a very structured outfit, they know what they need to do um, they know where they need to hit the ball to, but when they come up against a team that can kind of play off the cuff a small bit, it can catch them but I suppose it all depends on their, their mental side of things and that will they be fully tuned into going into the next game they'll have learned a lot, a lot from yesterday's game in terms of um, what more they need to do and John Coyley made the big calls, you know, he brought off Aaron Galan, Shane Flanagan, Gerold Marcy, Tom Marcy, all these big players came off, so those four players, you'd imagine, will have a point to prove the next day. Um, but look, they're, they're front and centre up there in, in, in running for their Ireland, and um, it'll be the, a team with kind of some structured kind of style might catch on.
2: And how good was that Kilkenny-Wexford game yesterday? It was just breathtaking stuff, wasn't it?
4: it was fantastic it was end to end, you know I suppose they were saying in the commentary I, I think Wexford went four points up at one stage and Kenny could come down and get the next few scores and they did and likewise Wexford came back down and got it um, but it was end, end stuff. I suppose it was aided in, in truth by the honest endeavour of the players and Forby um, Horgan's interpretation of the rules I suppose in the league everything has been blown and it was a free fest but whether it was by uh, instruction or his own decision making, he let the game flow in terms of how it should be played. It was it was a fantastic game. You know, I, I know a lot of people should have been saying, "God, it should win three yeah, and play next weekend." But I, I, I think you know, I think it's better to finish it on the day. Maybe Baron Island semi final or final. Um, you know, just to get the game played and, and keep the rounds moving and keep the ch- championship moving, especially both in the, in the current pandemic situation. But yeah, it was fantastic and It was a, it was it was a shame to see a loser. Yeah, but uh, that's the way it goes. It was.
2: Yeah, it was an absolute cracker. Tom, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. Thanks very much for joining us on the Big Red Bench. No matter, Rory, my pleasure. That is Tom Kenny chatting to Roar there about
0: uh, Cork's defeat to Limerick in the Munster Hurling Championship semi-final up in Semple Stadium yesterday evening. Now, Cork and Limerick meet again next weekend, but it's in the football and it is the Munster semi-final in the football next weekend. That is on Saturday at 3pm. So we'll be looking ahead to that. We'll hear from um, some of the footballers, Ian Maguire, Michal Martin and uh, Matty Taylor as well between now and 7 o'clock. But before we go and preview that game, we're going to be chatting rugby next, to Boston. O'Leary will be joining me for a chat about the Lions tour of South Africa and they got off to a winning start yesterday so all that, plenty more to come between now and 7 here on the Big Red Bench The Big
2: Red Bench Saturday and
0: Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench
2: podcast at redfm.ie Cork's Red FM
0: yeah it is the big red bench here on Cork's Red FM it's Colm O'Sullivan with you and we're here until 7 loads of sport busy busy weekend so much going on between the GAA and the golf and the rugby and the football and the Euros and so on uh, we're going to be previewing the Cork Footballers Championship opener in just a little while we'll hear from uh, Micheál Martin is going to join us no not the Taoiseach uh, he's not going to join us to chat about it although he was at the hurling I saw up in Semple Stadium yesterday but his young fella his son uh, Cork goalkeeper uh, Micheál Martin will be joining us Ian Maguire the Cork captain we'll hear from Maddie Taylor as well I chatted to all of them during the week but first I want to talk rugby and the Lions they're over in South Africa the tour has gone ahead uh, despite the COVID situation in South Africa and um, it's going well for the Lions so far they won their warm-up game before they left against Japan last week and then their opening game was against the Sigma Lions so it was a battle of the Lions yesterday the Sigma Lions versus the British and Irish Lions and it was our Lions the British and Irish Lions who were victorious not so Unsurprisingly, Josh Adams got four tries in that game. He was man of the match as well. And it was a a convincing scoreline, a comprehensive scoreline. 56 points to 14 was the final score uh, for the Lions against the Sigma Lions in um, South Africa yesterday. And we're going to chat now to Munster and Ireland legend Tomás O'Leary to get his views on the Lions tour. Tomás, how are you keeping? How's it going? I'm great, Cullum. How's the farm with you? Not too bad at all. So a good start for the Lions yesterday, Tomos. Um a good comprehensive victory, I suppose, as well, by by a good scoreline, fifty-six points to fourteen.
3: Yeah, look as expected, um, you know, these kind of uh I suppose midweek games as you call them mm. uh in the tour, um, you know, they're they're kinda of to build a bit of morale and uh, to get everyone a kind of game time and to start kind of seeing the peck in order for the for the test um test games against uh against South Africa. Obviously, the test against uh, Japan last week was a pretty stern test, which lanes came through, um, I suppose, pretty well. And uh, as you said, now the the game this weekend uh, a very comfortable victory, really. And you can see that by by the scoreline and I suppose the likes of Josh Adams, you know, getting mad at the match and uh, four tries. Um, Louis Louis ries as well getting a try after a couple of minutes. So, um, yeah, pretty comfortable victory. But it's just about kind of getting uh, the players to kind of gel and put their hand up really for the, the test.
0: Test uh, starting places. Yeah, and he, he, I mean, it's, it gives them a chance to kind of these games to, to swap fellas around and try lots of different fellas out. Uh, there were no Irish players in the team for this game yesterday, but obviously there were for last week's game. So, um, of the Irish guys now, like, do you think anyone who was playing yesterday will be putting their places under threat?
3: Sorry to tell, you know. So the interesting selection of um, Farrell at twelve—it's um, going to indicate where the, the management are looking at him. But um, you'd have to say that Robbie Henshaw is probably going to be um, you know, favourite for a starting mm-hmm. place whether he ends up 12 or 13 and they might go with um, Bundy Aki um, to kind of complement him at 12 obviously two of them having played together and having a successful partnership at Connacht uh, and I suppose at Irish level as well so I think the, the Irish lads are probably the favourites to, to get the, the centre partnership really um, aside from that um, you know you'd have to say um, you know there's probably Cy Farlong seems to be nailed on um, as a as a starter even Ty Burn now has done really well, and in, in, in he's uh, line's debut scoring a try as well last week. And um, you know that kind of X factor that he brings at the breakdown, and as well in open play. Um, you know, I think he's he's got a good chance um, as well. But I think you know it's very competitive. Obviously, you know Courtney Laws probably a different type of player than than he is Ty Burn. But um, I think thought he played well as well yesterday. But again, he's probably more destructive in defence. So it'll all depend really on how how the management I supposed to decide to approach it and what kind of uh, tactics they try to employ against South Africa. So it's kind of hard to, to tell it, this, these early stages, but I think Tyke Furlong, anyway, is nailed on. Bobby Henshaw, and then you kind of the likes of Tyke Byrne and Aki uh, are probable starters at this stage.
0: Uh, Robbie Henshaw is out of Wednesday's game with what this is described as a mild hamstring injury so he should be fine for most of the tour uh, so he's going to miss Wednesday's game against the Sharks that's another game the, the Lions will be hoping to to get the victory there they'd imagine and uh, they have the Bulls then next weekend as well and then it's South Africa A and then after that you're into the real games so um, these are kind of all as you say Tomás just a build up really aren't they?
3: They are exactly look um, we respect all these different teams you know, they, they won't have the quality to or they shouldn't have the quality to Beat the lines anyway. You know they might test them at different stages, but as I said, it's about different combinations being tried out together, and then like individuals putting their hand up with, with I suppose, uh, good performances. So um, you know a lot of the I suppose the the match will probably have a fair idea of how they want their line, their test team to to look at the moment, um, and it's down then to I suppose different injuries uh, and different form kind of maybe changing that slightly. But, you know, they'll very much um, have a, a plan in stage, a place at this stage. And, you know, it looks like Dan Bigger is going to be favoured for, for the starting spot at 10. Maybe would be preferred to Finn Russell, because Finn Russell, obviously, is probably a bit looser. And you don't really want, uh, you know, your 10 throwing very loose balls against the hard-up-and-end in defense that, that South Africa has. So, um, unless, um, you know, he's a dip in form, unless... Um, he gets injured you'd have to say that he probably probably going to be starting uh the first test match against south africa so yeah these matches are great in terms of i suppose building morale building confidence uh, and getting the lines uh, i suppose used to their different starter players and and that so um yeah look there's it's kind of i suppose the lack of atmosphere as well around mm. you know lack of lack of fans and uh, lack of the, the ability for them to mix with fans going socialize. it must be a weird kind of I suppose, tour for these these guys um, to be on. So um, it's all about building up to the test, really, and it's that's what these games are going to be used for.
0: Yeah, it's a strange Lions tour, as you say, Tomás, really, the, the way the COVID situation, especially, is in South Africa. It's pretty bad over there still. And, I mean, there was a bit of doubt even even in the weeks building up, would it actually go ahead? So I think they're probably just happy to be there at this stage.
3: Yeah, exactly. And look, all the players were given their vaccinations. Uh, but look, but it sounds like South Africa is not, not a good place to be. Um, so yeah, look, it's it's going to be disappointing, but there's going to be no fans in place. But look, on the flip side, it's it's great to have a bit of hopefully top top class quality rugby. You know, the three tests hopefully will be very competitive. Um, and I, I look, at the moment, it's very hard to do, to call it because of like, South Africa played their first game since the World Cup final this week, and this is very much a to tour, a team that is, is trying to trying to gel together. So. Um, it's going to be interesting, uh, but hopefully, you know, we we'll get three crackers of tests and uh, keep us entertained over the next kind of month.
0: Absolutely, and just finally Tomas, before we let you go. Just a word for Ireland yesterday as well against Japan.
3: Yeah, look, a, a very good, a very good victory because Japan are, you know, as we saw against the Lions last last week, and as we saw in the our most recent World Cup where they beat us. Um, they're a very, very good side. To, to, to some of the tries that Japan scored were were, were unbelievable. A uh, very skillful side, very quick side. So. Ireland to get a victory over them. Um, I think it's very, very uh, positive for Andy Farrell, and I think you know even the likes of Gavin. You know the monster number eight, Gavin Coombs, coming on for his debut. Um, I think it's very exciting. uh, I suppose for the young monster players being involved um, as well. So yeah, very, very positive, and you know missing a lot of their frontliners away with the Lions. I think very, very positive signs for uh, Andy Farrell.
0: Great stuff. All right, Tomas. Listen, we let you go. Thanks a million for chatting to us, and we'll chat to you again uh, over the course of the Lions tour. I'm sure.
3: Cheers, call, catch up soon, but... Absolutely,
0: and uh, we're going to switch now back to Gaelic games and we were talking about Cork and Limerick in the hurling last night a little while ago. Now we're going to talk about Cork and Limerick in the football next weekend. It's the Cork Footballers Championship opener next Saturday afternoon in the Gaelic grounds in Limerick and it is the monster semi-final, it's Cork versus Limerick and during the week I was um, out at the uh, the CIT training ground with the Cork lads and uh, spoke to quite a few of them including, firstly, Cork captain Ian Maguire. Okay Ian Championship time again um, I mean the buzz must be building now And after a very strange year It must be great to be nearly ready To get down to business
8: Yeah to be fair Coming back into training It's, it's after happening so quick In terms of the four weeks before the league And the actual national league itself Like, It just seems like it's after flying like, In terms of um, just playing games And week on week The kind of preparation It almost feels like when you finish a game The next game is on top of you like, So no it's been, there's been a serious buzz in training And to be fair I suppose in contrast to last year obviously the weather and the, like the shortness of the championship compared to this year with the league and the weather being much better that there's been a different feel to it like but rolling into the championship now you're kind of 14 10 days out like it's it's really exciting it's, you just can't be like in terms of that little that nervousness but that that excitement of what's what's to come in the summer you know and I suppose with the lockdown in January and February and the level of uncertainty like there's just just real excitement there And I suppose with every championship that I've ever been a part of, it's just that, that sense of opportunity that you have going into the championship that it's just, you can't beat it. Like, and we're just really looking forward to it again. And I suppose, looking at Limerick at the weekend, they're a serious opposition. We played them two years ago in championship. And to be fair, last year, they were a kick of a ball away from a, a Munster final as well, so...
0: Again, it's all to play for, really looking forward to, like, you know, yourself. Uh, You mentioned how intense the league campaign was back-to-back weeks. I mean, it it didn't seem to stop there for a few weeks. Was that a a good preparation for the championship, do you think? Or or would you have rather a a little bit more downtime in between games? Um, Personally,
8: before it, because I actually liked, in terms of the seven-day turnaround, because it's so quick, because... With championship, like in the old method, you could play a championship game. You might be out for three weeks. Even a club like there's that long extended period where, with the league, this aren't even a championship. That it's it's very quick. Like it's it's a good way to prepare because I suppose it's hard to keep your intensity and your level of concentration. Say spanned over three four months. Well, I got longer, five six months or something, but this time it seems like four to six weeks and then you can you you kind of come down and then you're building back up the championship again like so for me I personally before the league and it was very good and I suppose we started out with a loss against Clare which was ultimately very disappointing but you're straight back into it then six days later win against Leash, win against Clare all of a sudden then you have a good bit of momentum yeah, and, a and we, uh, we'd won three out of four like so we actually had a lot of we have a lot of momentum going into the summer which is a very good thing and it happened over a, a short period of time so like you're not looking back and how you played in February
0: you're looking back and how you played three weeks ago so that's that's a big that's a big plus from Cork's perspective anyway from my, from now, my perspective. now Championship around the corner and we've had the league campaign but if you go back before that I mean the uncertainty that was there for yourselves and for everybody involved in, in GA and in sport in general about if Championship would go ahead if games would go ahead how they'd go ahead when they'd go ahead how, how did you react to that as players it was actually kind of, it was strange in the sense that like I suppose
8: we're bringing it all the way back to, say, March 2020, I always had... I suppose I try and be as positive as possible. I always felt like we were going to have a championship no matter what, you know, and I suppose there would have been a higher level of uncertainty back then because, obviously, COVID had just been introduced, but I suppose it was no different. Come December and January, you always felt there was going to be a competition. It was just a matter of when. And I suppose what was different, say, this time around compared to last year was that it seemed like the deadline or the date was changing, so you kind of have, like, you're almost being teased to a certain extent, so that was frustrating, but I suppose... You were always preparing for I suppose the April kind of May window. So I think fellas in the back of their heads were always trying to prepare themselves with their individual training for April May, so it wasn't too bad. But I suppose ultimately it's frustrating because like for me anyway, and I suppose a lot of people GA is community and the community just of their lives like and it's almost like with COVID it was just taken away from me. So like even from a club perspective, that kind of routine that you had of being out the club or being say training three, four times a week was gone. So that was it was a very tough transition, but that was just the nature of it. It's the same as working from home, like but I suppose the rule Award is, and I, I think I can speak for all the lads here, is that how I suppose honoured you are that you have an opportunity now to resep, represent your county overall. But in these tough circumstances, like it's ideal, like the is going out at the weekend, like it's the talk of the places that you can't wait to go out and see Car play, like and it'll be no different for the football. So like as a player, like you're, you're, you're humbled by the opportunity that you have. The others might have it, like and others mightn't have it. Might <laughs> might not have Sorry, I'm getting dunked out there, but I suppose it's just it's it's a, a class feeling because ultimately GA is community, and again it feels like things are kind of some way back
0: to normal, like that things are back in motion. Absolutely, and hopefully it continues on that path. Yeah. Looking at the um, at the opponents now, Limerick. I mean, you look at them in the last game. I think they scored something like four eighteen. It was a big big win for them over Waterford. Um, they're going to be confident coming in there as well. They're they're in, they're in good form themselves. They're they're scoring well. So I suppose for us, we would have. If we take Limerick, we would have
8: we would have played them in Championship in twenty nineteen. And to be fair, we were going fairly well at the time, and actually so were they, because they had a big win against Tipperary, and I suppose we got ahead early, and maybe the scoreline was probably a bit flattering. But fast forward twelve months we actually played them in the McGrath Cup and they beat us and they deserved to beat us in the final and it was in the Gaelic Grounds. So there'll be make no bones about it, we won't be taking Limerick for granted. They're a very well organized team by Billy Lee They're actually very fit, judging by how they finished the league, even though they lost it every day. They, they played very well and they have a couple of big players like led by Ian Corbett, for example like, he's been around the block like but limerick are a very good opposition i suppose cork aren't in a position to take anyone for granted and we certainly won't be taking limerick for granted and i, I suppose it's a great opportunity again that were there's probably an element of like how will cork perform etc like but going up to the gaelic grounds to play a, a good limerick team in my own opinion like that's what you want like so it's again it's it's a great opportunity It's really exciting and like I can't personally I can't wait because there was a like Dara Tracy for Limerick as a fellow I would have marked for colleges he was CIT he was UCC so like there's a familiar familiar I'm getting tongue-tied again but I'm familiar with Dara Tracy you know for example and hopefully Ronan picks me like but again like just Limerick they're kind of neighbours there's a lot of crossover between UCC and CIT, Like, so. We know each other and, look, it's going to be a right battle. Like, Limerick or Fiery like and that's the way they always are like, So it'll be a big battle again.
0: You'd love to have a few more supporters there, I suppose. I mean, you're looking at the, the way the, the crowds are at games now. I think it's going to be going up to 500 in July in, in stadiums of that size. But, I mean, you look then at, say, the Euro 2020 games on TV over in Wembley, and there's 60,000 there. Would you like as players? Obviously, you'd love to have more supporters in there, but do you think we're a bit slow getting the fans back? Yeah, like, that one, I,
8: Japanese, I don't really know because, I, like, obviously like I'm on Twitter and stuff like that Like, so you, you just listen to what they are told to a certain extent and obviously it's very frustrating that obviously when you see the Euros going ahead and you see the crowds like you just not that it's a missed opportunity or anything it's just that like you'd love to have what they have like you know but I suppose you just kind of have to have the patience and as a player like I suppose I was lucky because so the Bears, Castle was actually one of the last games, yeah. so that had crowds in it. Like, and I was just there was a super atmosphere, so like, I, like I, I'd spin that and saying that, like, if it's 500, if it's a thousand, or whoever, like, 2,500 are going in for the Limerick uh, car game yeah. at the weekend So I think, like, there could be a super atmosphere, and you just have to take it for what it is at the moment, like, and you just have to wait it out. Like, but I like, I'd like to think that we the atmosphere that was there for that game with 200, you think that'll go through the roof, so with 2,500, but I'm just trying to be as positive as possible in terms of that. Like, but you'd like to think, I think i seen the Leinster Championship, it's going up gradually, like, so you, you I suppose you we have to be optimistic and I I think with the appetite that's there at the moment that there will be a serious atmosphere albeit there could be more but I think there will be still a good atmosphere for players there like it'll be something different too because at the end of the day like it was it was the solace of referees and players talking on the pitch but
0: it'll be something different now with more fans there like this time around absolutely and listen best of luck and hopefully it's a great championship campaign one thanks a million I've- all right, that is Cork captain Ian Maguire chatting to me during the week ahead of the um, the Munster semi final for the footballers with Limerick at three o'clock next Saturday, and the Gaelic Grounds up in Limerick. I also got a chance to speak to Cork goalkeeper Mihal Martin as well. Right, Mihal, excitement building, championship season is
7: upon us. The weather is lovely; it's a real summer feeling, and I'm sure it's great as a player, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Can't wait. You know, we had supposed to be a long winter, um, waiting for games, and it was brilliant to get back in the league and have I suppose, four games in five weeks um, and now to be looking forward to the championship is brilliant yeah can't wait I well, Shannon
0: the lads there and I was asking them about the
7: intensity of the,
0: the four games in five weeks you didn't really get any downtime was that was that exactly what you needed after after a long winter
7: long layoff or, or would you have rather maybe it spread out a bit more um, I suppose for look it was what it was, you know. I know that um, obviously the calendar was very important that, that club players get a get a window as well. So understand totally why it was such a short window. But I suppose I'd say management and uh, medical teams would certainly have preferred uh, another two or three weeks as a player, well, as a goalkeeper. Anyway, I found it, I found it great. I didn't mind at all. But obviously weeks three and four, you could see our injury list was starting to starting to pile up. And you know, based on you know what you be seeing or hearing around the country, it's very similar in a lot of counties. So from that point of view, I suppose look four weeks. Four games in five weeks with with very little build up. Um, it probably was a lot to ask, but you know, I, I at the same time, I uh, did enjoy it. I suppose you didn't have that real
0: training time as a group for very long beforehand as well. Obviously, you were probably doing your own individual training
7: during the lockdown back in January, February, March kind of time. But as a group, you didn't have a big build up together. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? That's probably That was probably the bigger issue. And, you know, we'd play four, four games in five weeks without, if you had a stronger base. I think no problem. But it was that um, the fact that, you know, your preseason is so, so shortened. And that probably presented the biggest challenge for, for management, for medical teams, um, for coaching. Um, but I think from, from the players point of view we were just delighted to get on the pitch uh, we didn't think too much about that um, I suppose we leave, leave the management deal with those kind of worries and we were just happy to be back out um, together as a group as you said you know I think the, the Zoom meetings etc had, had run their course at that point and we were just glad to see each other again and to get training and get our hands on the ball and excited now to face Limerick in the
0: championship. And he played Limerick in the championship and beat Limerick in the championship two years ago in 2019. They're on the back of a very good win themselves, a high-scoring win last week. Um, they'll be in confident mood. Will
7: you will look back at that game two years ago, or, or is it a clean slate now? Is it too far back to be looking at that? Yeah, I think it's, it's too far back um, to look at, to be quite honest. Um, they didn't just have a very good game against you know, They had a very good uh, Division Three. Uh, I think they were unlucky in that the, the split of the league's... Um, Derry were on their side Derry had a very good league and went up um, but they, equally I think if they on the other side we could, they could well have got promoted to Division 2 it, it wasn't just um, one game against Waterford so I, I think we'll be going off those games um, the National League games this year uh, and their game against Waterford as much more of um, games that we can take learnings from um, for, for our game now Should be a cracker of a game I mean both of you
0: you had three wins out of four they've had a good league campaign the win over Waterford both teams in very good form going into it
7: yeah, I think so. Hopefully, um, and I suppose that's what we've been kind of seeing to date um, throughout the league. Um, it's been entertaining football. Um, high scoring, probably too high scoring for for, for our liking lot of the time, and that's for a very high scoring across the board, both early and football, isn't it? It has, yeah, and I suppose it's it's obviously given us something to work on. I've no doubt that other other teams are the same. You know, we, something you we want to address, but you know, it's the nature of I suppose, hard ground teams are playing attacking football. Um, I think it'll be it'll be similar. Um, against Limerick you know they like to attack they they have an excellent running game um, and, and you, you know yeah I think it'll be uh, should be a very entertaining game for, for supporters Championship is highly anticipated
0: this season it's always anticipated but I think there's a real appetite for it this year it's a bit, a bit of normality for people and hopefully I suppose get more supporters into the game sooner rather than later as well
7: yeah that's the hope you know it's great um, we enjoy playing in front of more people and, and, and fans um, want to get back in stadium so hopefully you know um, that can continue um, and as you said, it brings a bit of normality. Put something else in the news. Um, we love our sport. Um, we love our GA in Ireland, and um, the fact that this is, you know, able to go ahead and club teams are back training, and it's just the excitement's kind of building now. Um, and I think everyone enjoyed the leagues. Um, the coverage is been excellent. I think you know GA go. It's here to stay now, and it should be because you know the amount of games getting televised. Uh, I think it's proven over the years. There's been a lot of you know criticism how little action makes it to, to the Sunday game but everyone sees now the, the quality of football right down through the divisions uh, so yeah there's is real real excitement building I suppose that's a, a very small positive to take out of the COVID situation is the GAA go thing and the, the
0: extra games we broadcast online for fans to watch. It's the same with League of Ireland as well and, and across the board in sport. Uh, there's more opportunity now for fans to, to see the games and watch them at home and people abroad to watch them and so on um, than there would have been before. And it's going to get a lot of extra coverage now because that was probably brought in as a temporary measure for COVID. But it's going to continue. It's hugely popular.
7: Yeah, exactly. I think it is. You know, It just proves the demand is there. Um, I suppose that we always would have suspected it but it just shows um, you know people will I think it's what you look at TG Carr and these kind of um, the games that they've shown over the years have always drawn an audience so it's no surprise really that once the J.A. set up their own streaming service and likewise in other sports um, the fans have flocked to them because I, I think it was already something people people wanted you know when club football is on TV it's, it's watched as well um, so I think the more that's provided the more people will watch best of luck against Limerick and best of luck for the whole championship
0: campaign hopefully it's a great one for Cork thanks very much appreciate it the Nemo man Michal Martin uh, the Cork goalkeeper uh, speaking to me during the week ahead of Cork versus Limerick the footballers opener in the championship the semi-final monster semi-final um, in the Gaelic grounds at 3 o'clock next Saturday we'll wrap up our preview of that game right now with uh, one more member of the Cork squad. I was chatting to Mallow Man Matty Taylor as well during the week and got his views ahead of the Limerick game next Saturday. Right, Matty, um, beautiful weather out here at the training ground today and championship around the corner. It's got that real summer championship feel now, doesn't it?
6: Absolutely. Look, come here, it's great. An evening you get to go out on a pitch with the sun shining. It's great, like it's what we do at Foray, I suppose. And look, there's a great buzz going to the first weekend of the championship and look, we're, we're preparing away as, as things go, you know. So, yeah, really looking forward to
0: it. You had a pretty good league campaign. Obviously, started off with the loss, but you Three wins on the back of that, um, so you'll be in good, kind of confident form now in the squad, I'd imagine.
6: Yeah, look, we we learnt an awful lot from the league, I suppose, and um, there was a, a good mix of players, I suppose, involved, which is important. And yeah, took good learnings from it, and obviously things that we need to improve on, which is which is important as well. So yeah, learnt an awful lot from it.
0: It was an intense campaign. It was back to back every weekend. I mean, there was no there was no kind of week off in between. How did you find that? Was it Was it exactly what you needed after
6: a long layoff during COVID? I suppose, look, everyone was, you know, welcome the league coming back and I don't think there was any qualms about the quick turnaround, I suppose. It was tough in the bodies as the weeks went on and I suppose us getting a fourth game, which was a relegation game, you know, gave us the extra week, but it was a quick turnaround, so I suppose there was a big emphasis on recovery throughout that period, I suppose.
0: It was a good win in that relegation game, keeps you in, in Division 2 for next season and uh, probably exactly the confidence boost you needed going into this game now in against Limerick.
6: Yeah, absolutely, look, it was a do or die game. Had you lost, you were going down to Division 3 and we managed to secure... A victory, which keeps us in Division 2, which is very important for the group, yeah.
0: Now looking at the opponents, Limerick—they had a good win in themselves um, in the last round against Waterford. They're coming into this now after scoring a lot in that game. They're being confident, move themselves, and I suppose you will take nothing for granted against Limerick. Now, really sure you
6: won't? No, absolutely not. Look, we'll prepare for Limerick as best we can. Um, we'll worry about our own game and uh, focus on ourselves into the, the game. And look, respect them for they are a good side. And look, we'll do our preparation on our side to be ready.
0: How did you find things in the build up to the, the season? Obviously, you've had the league campaign now, but before that, uh, was just speaking about it as well. Like they, they, it, it was a very strange couple of months because there was no training every players were doing their own training there was a bit of uncertainty about when a championship would go ahead how it would go ahead um, and so on how, how did you find that was that difficult
6: yeah absolutely look I suppose it's a team sport and we enjoy training together as a team so training on our own was different to what we've been used to in the past few years so yeah it was difficult to train on your own and get your gym sessions done at home which I suppose wasn't ideal given the equipment available to each guy like so no look we made the most of it and we were together through zoom calls and stuff like that so made the most of it I suppose I would say.
0: And is there a good atmosphere in the squad now between Ronan and all the lads? I mean, that you're all back together and you have the league campaign under your belts now. Is the atmosphere good heading into Championship?
6: Ah, uh, yeah. Come here, look. Yeah, There's nothing like Championship build-up in, in in these squads. So uh, everyone's in good form, looking forward to it. And I suppose everyone's championed a bit for, for a chance of a jersey to play Championship football, you know?
0: Absolutely. That is uh, Matty Taylor-Corks. Matty Taylor speaking to me ahead of the big championship opener for the Cork footballers next Saturday afternoon 3pm throw-in up at the Gaelic grounds in Limerick it is Cork versus Limerick again we're hoping that it'll go Cork's way this time we went Limerick's way in the hurling last night but hopefully Cork can get a win in the football next week we will have comprehensive coverage of that next weekend on the show we'll bring you all the reaction on Saturday evening but for now that wraps us up on the show on what has been an incredibly busy weekend uh, right across the two shows of sport this weekend thank you for joining us Enjoy the rest of your Sunday night. Hopefully, it dries up a little bit. And stand by for Connor Halpin on the way with green and red. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie.